This is Graham Lynch, and welcome to Comms Day Live. This week, we're going to take a good look at the CSG acquisition of Melbourne's Digit, and also feature a separate sponsored interview of CSG, all about the wholesale opportunity in 5G and IoT. But first, we speak with the amazing Australian MVNO entrepreneur, Peter Adderton. He's the man behind Boost Mobile, which has not only done well here in Australia, but also in the United States. Indeed, probably the best example of an entrepreneurial foray into the US telco market by an Australian. Peter this week launched a new platform or concept, Mobile X, which he promises will shake up both how we pay for mobile usage as well as roaming. Our chief editor, Simon Ducks, in Sydney, spoke with Peter over in California earlier this week. Over to Simon. Essentially, with this, disrupting two mobile foundations, international roaming and unlimited uh, packages. Uh, so I'd love to get your thoughts on that, because that's, you know, two fundamental things that everyone sort of thinks are pretty much a given in the, in the whole mobile industry. Yeah, well, a given or a taken. Um, that's the part that I probably uh, look at it. You know, if you look at, take the first one, which is the unlimited data, and, and I don't really consider it to be unlimited. I mean, if you're on a 35 gig or a 20 gig or a 50 gig, the carrier basically, you know, and, and they've done this for, for many, many years since they started effectively, is they basically sell you bulk data. Now, they know that you don't need it, right? They know that you don't need it. Right? But they, they sell it to you anyway. Yep. And, and so what we're trying to do is right that wrong, right? And effectively saying, why can't it be like electricity and power and water and my gasoline and my car and basically every other service that I buy, which is basically based on how much I use? And, and, and the carrier fundamentally has had a problem with doing that, and they don't like to do it because breakage is a large part of how they make their money. Yep. And I always laugh at that over here in America, you know, T-Mobile says, you know, we're going to offer Netflix on us. So if you're in the 65 or $75 plan or $85 plan, Netflix is on us. And I'm like, no, it's, it's on you. Because um, if you try to take Netflix without taking the phone service, it's no longer Netflix on us. <laughs> so, so I sit back and it's like consumers have been brainwashed into not knowing what they actually need. Now, if you ask, ask the average, because there's two reasons you talk to the consumers um, that I don't think they really understand. And the first one is, megabits per second. If you talk to them about speed, what's required to stream a video, Netflix or, say, YouTube? Mm. They won't even know. And then you ask them, so how much gigabytes do you use a month? Well, I don't know. And then you say, well, how much do you pay? And they'll give you a round ballpark figure, right? If I think I pay 100 or maybe I pay... So they don't know how much they're paying. They don't know what they're getting. And they certainly know, don't know what experience they're supposed to be expecting. So the carrier takes that insecurity which they've built, by the way, they've built into the consumer. The carrier takes that and says, don't worry, i got you covered. I've got this unlimited plan, which is not truly unlimited because they cap the speed. But anyway, I've got you covered. I'm going to sell you a plan, $85 plan. It's going to give you 100 gigabytes of data. Imagine that, 100 gigabytes. And the T-Mobile guys came out last week and said, our 100 gigabyte plan, our ultimate unlimited plan, the average usage is 35 gigabytes. Now, there are prepaid plans for $30 or $40, for 35 gigabytes. And so what we wanted to do was fix that. Now, that's very, very disruptive in, 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 its, um, in its marketplace because you know, at the end of the day, 
you know, carriers are sitting there going, no, we need to keep these consumers scared. And so what we want to do is instead of the carrier telling us what we should be playing, we're going to use machine learning AI to have the consumer tell us. So help answer some of those questions for the consumer. How much do I need? Because everyone says, well, don't worry, I've got an unlimited plan. And I'm like, but, but do you need one? I mean, the average usage in the U.S. of uh, gigabytes is about 11 to 12 gigabytes, right? Average. Yet everyone's buying 22, 30, 40 gigabytes because they're scared they're going to run out. Mm. And the other thing the carrier doesn't tell you is that basically you're in Wi-Fi half the time. Yep. So, you know, and, and, that, and so we wanted to fix that and, and write that wrong. And, and then the second thing is obviously on the global roaming. It frustrates me so badly. And, and by the way, you only need to look at what happened during COVID to look at the, look at the earnings of all the carriers around the globe and, and look at the lost global roaming revenue. You know, it's in the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, which just evaporated, right? Yep. And this is purely to the bottom line, right? Because there's no real cost in that. Yep. So, you know, I came across here from, the, you know, the US or if I go to Europe and, and if I leave the US, like I did, I went for a year back to Australia, but I need my AT&T phone to continue to keep working when I was at AT&T. Obviously, now I'm a mobile expert. I needed my US phone to keep working. Well, I'm paying in Australia for the privilege of having my phone work in the US to transfer me to Australia. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why am I paying in a country where I'm not? Why can't that service just come with me? Right? And it stops in the country I'm in and it starts working. And you think about all the platforms around the world, right? All the social platforms. When you arrive in a country, the first thing that happens is, is a foreign experience happens to you. Your phone logs on it, tries to find a network you've never heard of, right? You don't get a choice. You're basically bumped onto this network. But what isn't like that? Your Netflix works, your Instagram works, your Twitter works, your Facebook works. All these global platforms instantly fire up and you feel like you're at home. Like, okay, now I know that experience. But the phone, it's still on some far, foreign country network and now you've got a problem with it because it's now bumped you off or you've gone over. Who do you call? And, you know, when I'm in Australia, well, I got to call back to AT&T, right? And then AT&T transfers me through to three different people. Now, and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So that's what we built, the cloud. And so when you're a mobile X customer, you live in the cloud and, and the cloud comes with you, right? It's basically sitting there no matter where you are. There, there are no boundaries. There's no borders. It's like, hey, I don't need the phone anymore in America because I'm not there anymore. Then just let me now travel and pay in the country that I'm in. So it stops um, charging me for the right to, I don't know, to have a number. I mean, people pay 50 $100 a month for a plan and they leave the country and they're still paying $100 a month. I'm like... You're not there. Yeah, yeah. And well, for the privilege of being able to pay an extra ten dollars for global roaming a day, an extra seventy dollars a week, it doesn't make any sense. And and how how do you uh, overcome? And obviously, you're going to have some smarts here in the uh, AI-driven platform, but. Uh, the whole model of the mobile charging and the reason, the rationale the mobile operators give you about. Uh, uh, paying international roaming is the fact that it's always calling party pays mostly and because of that there's a termination charge from the local operator and your in-country operator saying well I've got to pay that so I've got to recoup that plus whatever margin and all that. Does that make it difficult for you to come up with a tariff that you know sort of overcomes that sort of way that they work together? No, I don't know whether you use uh, Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp mm -hmm. or any of the other services. They, they don't do that. Yeah. Um, 
And I think at the end of the day, that's where we're going to move towards. And that's what we're planning without giving away our secret, our, our source. But, but we obviously have to provision a local number. The problem is that you just won't know what that is, right? So you'll basically have your own number. And by the way, I'm in the process now of challenging our tech teams to allow you to choose your number. And when I say choose your number, it could be, you know, David, one, two, three, four, right? Or it could be just my name, Peter. And so you just dial Peter on the keypad. I mean, we're looking at how do you use a user handle as opposed to a number. I mean, the number's like 1980, you know, 1975, right? Mm. That you still need a number. And I think that as we start to move, you'll be able to use some of your other uh, processes. Um, so I, I live for the day where we just basically take what we're doing, and, and we're, we're very, very close on, on a multiple fronts. Probably the, the biggest challenge, I'll be honest with you, that, that I've had is trying to convince carriers to, to do it, right? Um, and I will tell you that I've had some no's, right? Like, there's no way in the world we're going to let that platform anywhere near our network. Mm. Um, and, and, and my approach back to the CEOs of these companies that I talk to is, Disruption is coming, right? Hiding from it and ignoring it has been, if you look at every company that's tried to do that from Kodak to Blackberry to Nokia to Motorola, the list goes on and on and on, right? If you try to do that, you blow up, yeah. right? Because what happens is the consumer just doesn't put up with it anymore. So I'm like, you know what? Let's get innovative. Let's get creative. And let's trace it. And I think John Stanky said it the other day from AT&T, the new CEO, he said, if we don't innovate, these other tech guys will innovate, right? And so we need to do it. And with CBRS over here and a lot of the free spectrum that's coming into the marketplace and Wi-Fi and a lot of the cable guys that are coming in that have got wholesale deals, but they're patching in their own networks as well. I don't know whether you've seen what Helium's doing. Um, which is super exciting mm. um, in, in, in this space. You know, we've got basically users creating networks. So, you know, I think in three or four years' time, this concept of a proprietary network owned by a carrier and a proprietary billing system that they can stick it into you is going to evaporate anyway. And I think if you look at Verizon's strategy of, you know, network as a service, I think that that's what got them over the line of like, okay, we've got all these um, enterprise customers coming to us all these IoT customers coming to us, they need real-time information and real-time digital billing in the cloud. And so I, I, I think we're at the stage now that you take eSIM, right, which is really going to, you know, it's changing the way people can connect. Yep. Take all these pieces together, and now you've really got a technical tsunami that we've never seen before. to our sponsored interview with CSG. Often in telecommunications, when new inflections take place in terms of either technology or services, wholesale ends up being the poor cousin. And of course, there's a risk of this happening yet again with the newest additions to the telco landscape, 5G and the Internet of Things. But it doesn't have to be that way. There are some opportunities as well as challenges. And to talk about them, we're joined by Finn Cornbow, the Executive Director of Product Management from CSG over in Denmark. Welcome to the show, Finn. Thanks, Graham, and thanks for having me on your podcast today. Now, first up, how do we get connectivity going between wholesale on one hand and 5G and IoT on the other? 
Yeah, well, if you think about it, um, the wholesale industry is really what made this global and domestic connectivity possible. You know, the very reason I can sit here in Denmark and talk to you in, in real time in Australia. And without the wholesale telecom segment, we would essentially have a number of isolated islands of telecom networks that wouldn't be connected, at least not to the extent and with the resilience and affordability that we have today. And what is changing with 5G is that now connectivity is not just connectivity. There will now be a number of greater services that consumers and enterprises can consume from the telecom industry. And the key to this is what we call, you know, slicing in, in 5G. And in this way, CSPs can provide premium, low latency connections for instance, for autonomous cars driving on the streets without crashing as it connects and processes information in real time over the air. Or for when my son is playing Fortnite, and I can show you, he will absolutely kill to beat everyone else by having the fastest reaction times that can be achieved with low latency connections. But on the same network, with a different slice, 5G can provide high bandwidth services that can replace the need for fiber connections, you know, to stream 4G, 8K, sorry, 4K, 8K, or even connecting entire enterprises or SMEs up. And yet, in a third slice on the very same 5G network, we can support low-value, low-volume usage, for example, for IoT devices that can track containers, that can track washing machines or light bulbs on regular intervals, uh, but with very little bandwidth demand. And that's this means that we need to have a wholesale connectivity between the islands, the 5G networks, and very importantly, to understand these different services levels needed to ensure delivery and quality of the services. And, and ultimately, we need to price it, we need to build for it, we need to settle for it in a smooth and automated fashion. And because the current semi-automated way of managing service level differentiation is, will just not work anymore, in my opinion. And the amount of traffic and transactions will increase, we, we expect, by a hundredfold in the next five years. And we see that from various analysts. So we really need an automation for business assurance and monetization. So what are the challenges beyond mere connectivity in uniting the wholesale ecosystem with new technologies such as 5G? I would say that besides connectivity, what we need to help MNOs and CSPs will is to think beyond connectivities to avoid you know, becoming that dumb pipe that we've talked about for so many years. We need to enable CSPs and MNOs to sell and bundle services, that being everything from media content to enterprise software, manufacturing optimizations, transportation services to include even selling entire call center setups and so on. So basically, we need to help and create and co-create a rich ecosystem with partner services that are so important to add value to the millions of SMEs out there or even to large enterprises uh, in a B2B and B2B2X fashion, as my colleague Haifa El Askar talked to you about a couple of weeks back here on Comms Day. Now, the networks are already there to connect the 5G islands, the so-called IPX networks, what we now need is to ensure we use them and create value from these networks. What we need in the wholesale business is to think beyond connectivity. Okay, now we know that the uh, roaming model in mobile is pretty dysfunctional. It's been the way through 2G, 3G, and 4G. What can we do differently to fix this for 5G? Yeah, for 5G in the wholesale world, I think really 
what is our task is to embrace roaming and not overcharge for it as we often saw in 2G, 3G and 4G for travelers where you know, a single megabyte could cost up to $20 uh, US dollars or, or more on a retail plan. And where this promotes a counterproductive behavior such as offloading to Wi-Fi usage or simply turning roaming off on your device. But we also need to embrace devices that are traveling around the globe. Um, we need to support the world of IoT. And if we open up the, for the floodgates with an attractive commercial roaming model, uh, we need to be prepared to monetize this huge increase in traffic that is expected. IoT on its own is set to grow by seven times in the next five years, according to many uh, analysts. And the wholesale roaming revenues overall will increase by more than 100% in the next five years. So it's really exciting to see a real growth here where we will reach a business and roaming alone of more than $23 billion. Um, so what we need is a system that supports a lower cost per transaction. We need support for settlement at aggregated levels. And most importantly, we need full automation of all the processes, including that of the vital reconciliation process of the roaming business. And this is offered by the new roaming standard called the Billing and Charging Evolution, um, or BCE, from the GSMA organization. Um, and in addition, I would say I see one other interesting trend, and that is that the costly clearinghouse model um, is starting to being questioned by some MNOs and some carriers as 5G relies heavily on the concept that is known as home routing or home routing, where all sessions, you know, voice, SMS data are routed back to your home operator as when you are abroad or from a device routed back to your home operator. And from there out to wherever uh, the connection has to be. So this means that the need to, re to, to have record sharing of the users abroad is quickly disappearing. And this record process in roaming is what is often called the, the tap process, and it forms the basis for the clearinghouse business model. So the whole routing concept, which uh, pre will prevail in 5G, uh, where both the visited networks and the home networks knows exactly what services are used and how much are used abroad, um, so that proper reconciliation can take place between the telcos, is very similar to that we know in the normal intercarrier inter business. Okay, so at CSG, what are you specifically doing to help CSPs and mobile operators uh, harvest these opportunities from 5G? Yeah, no, absolutely. In CSG, we've been known to be a leader, uh, or the leader, if I may, in the intercarrier business. And we are settling 5 billion events every day for more than 250 CSPs and MNOs around the globe with our solution. But with the concept of 5G and home routing that I talked about, the new standard uh, BC from the GSMA, we found that we can help CSPs and MNOs address the roaming settlement opportunity in a different way. This is already, um, as we have tools and system in place for the intercarrier business that can be directly used for the roaming business and drive down costs while increasing the automation in all areas. And in some cases, even replace the need for costly clearinghouses. But we also help CSPs and MNOs to make themselves more relevant and to avoid becoming the dumb pipes that I talked about before. This through our digital partner management solution, where we facilitate the process to work in an ecosystem with partners and vendors 
that contribute products and services to the CSPs and to the MNOs, and vice versa in some cases, to co-create this ecosystem that is so important right now for the telecom sector. And here, we again use our strong wholesale B2B and B2B2X management platform that supports partner onboarding, revenue share, automated pricing and quotations and reconciliation. And we do this via an extensive adoption of APIs that we are driving with industry forums such as the TM forum, the MEF, the DSMA. And our ultimate goal here is to achieve full automation in the co-created ecosystem for what we call zero touch partnering. And finally, with, with the exciting announcement we made in CHT earlier this week of the acquisition of Digit Systems in Melbourne, who are known for their strong compute price and quotation solutions in the wholesale industry, I think we made a clear testimony to our commitment to continuously improve our solutions in 5G, IoT, and in wholesale to ensure our customers continues to excel in their business. And that's Finn Combo from CSG. Finn just mentioned then the uh, acquisition by CSG of Digit, the uh, Melbourne ordering and billing platform provider for telcos. Um, we uh, revealed this in comms day early in the week. Uh, the terms of the transaction were undisclosed, but CSG did say that Digit's configure, price and quote and order management solutions for the telecoms industry will form the basis of a new division in the company. I caught up with CSG EVP. Ian Watterson, and Digit CEO and founder, Greg Tilton, to talk all about it. First up, Ian. A little bit of a background, I guess, and then, you know, might answer some of your, your initial questions. So, so look, basically, we've, we've been on a search, CSG, uh, for about, about 18 months, two years, to um, fill out our technology stack, to find, and uh, we have a very active you know, uh, strategic account team who are looking at, at different vendors and trying to find, you know, the best technology fits. Um, and uh, in this case, for CPQ and OM specifically, um, we were really looking for the best technology. So, and that's because, you know, we have a very large customer base. We believe there's a very large need there. And um, and it was an identified, you know, weakness in our stack that we didn't have a, you know, TM forum, open API, you know, modular-based federated product catalog and, you know, next-gen order management. We looked at every vendor in the field, um, you know, CloudSense, everybody. We went through all of them. We had a whole team on that. And um, I was very excited when the team came to me and said, actually, we found a little business, you know, about two hours flight from you in Melbourne where, um, you know, they appear to have the best technology and TM Forum have, have brought them to us as one of their best you know, examples of award winners of, of, of TM Forum technology. So so that's when I first learned about Digit. You know, I never really kind of came across them in, in 10 years in Oz um, because, you know, they're in a very different field. Although now, actually, we started working together with Greg and um, about 80% of, of their deals are now kind of combined with, with CSG since we started very, very quickly since we started working together. So right across APAC and actually now Middle East and the Americas as well. We've got we've got a huge amount of opportunities. Just really, we're just scratching the surface of, of what they've got, and we're just we're just super excited. And as as part of the acquisition, we've not just bought the company, 
we uh, I compiled a business plan with some of our strategy team on what we saw the potential. And actually, um, Greg now is not not just a VP of CSG um, and one of our new product lines, uh, which is which is very important by the way. We only have like five or six product lines, and Greg is the head of one of them globally. Um, but also, he's effectively going to nearly double the size of Digit in terms of technology staff investment and and delivery capability. So we've signed off a business case to significantly increase the size of Digit and and the acquisition at the same time. And uh, Mr. Tilton is now one of our global VPs. So yeah, exciting times. Yeah. Sorry, Greg. Thanks. Uh, over to you. Oh look, um, uh, this is a this is really a logical next step for us. You know, we've uh, been the little guys, sort of uh, putting it, putting it out there and showing a, 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 a different approach and a really innovative new way of doing things, and getting a bit of interest. And then we've gone on to actually uh, win quite a number of uh, significant accounts in in telco in uh, and in and a few outside of Australia as well. You know, we've had uh, we've got. Uh, We've got some customers around the region and Middle East and Africa, but uh, uh, so that's been sort of the second the second phase, and then uh, it, but in order for our product journey to really be complete, to be able to take the uh, the product that we've built all the way for it to become mainstream for for telcos worldwide, it needs the kind of reach that a CSG has. No, it needs the needs the account teams in all in in every country. It needs the uh, the, the 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 bigger backer. I've I've come. I'm sick of coming second on bids and being told that I was kept in at the end because we were the best technology. And but they never really intended to contract with us. Like it's it, it's really frustrating. A lot of the tier ones do that to us. Um, and uh, and and it's just been clear that we needed to be part of something bigger to really go the distance. So the the whole team is really really excited about joining up with CSG and uh, and CSG being the vehicle that actually allows us to go the whole way with it. And that's Greg Tilton from Digit talking about the acquisition of Digit by CSG earlier this week. That's it for Comms Day Live this week. Uh, our editors, Rowan Pierce and Simon Ducks, who usually join us, are regrouping, and they'll be back bigger and brighter than ever next week. You too have a nice week. <laughs>